This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What it was is a Michigan State victory that's number three in a row, and they have, in a major way, trumpeted themselves as a contender for an NCAA tournament berth. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat the sports books. Use our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. BetQL's algorithms analyze over 350,000 unique bets every year in real time to help give you an edge over the books. Uh, again, promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. Joe O and JJ, this is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Let's bring in the EP, our very own Eli Herskovich. He uh, special specializes in uh, a college hoops, of course. He co-hosts the BetQLU podcast with Tom Casale. Follow him on Twitter by his na- name, at Eli Herskovich. Eli, riddle me this. Uh, let's go back to something we discussed earlier in the week. Okay, now, of these Blue Bloods, how many are making the tournament? Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky. Yeah, I think we might get all three. I really do. Yeah, I think, well, Kentucky needs to win the SEC tournament for that to happen. They're on 14 to one, by the way, on points bet. Um, And they have a big game tomorrow against Florida. So might want to get on that number, a pretty big number. If you think they can make a run, which I think they can. Duke probably needs to win two of the next three games, win a game or two in the ACC tournament, which is pretty possible. JJ, I'm sorry about that Syracuse loss. On Ooh. earlier in the week, what yeah, that was rough. that was Eli. Jeez, talk about <laughs> one that was over before it even began. That was that game was <laughs> over in five minutes. Holy smokes! Right, and that Michigan State beating Illinois and Ohio State in two two games in three nights. That was Ohio State probably should have won the game. I thought Michigan State was going to cover. They they did, and and even if Ohio State had won the game, I thought MSU was going to get that done plus four. But man, Liddell got hammered down the stretch for Ohio state two or three times and Holtman got ejected rightfully. So like he had a point, he was pissed, but Michigan state still, even though they got the benefit of the refs uh, won the game outright. I think we're going to get all three in. Okay. Eli ACC. I'm glad that we started here with Duke and the other blue blood that you could throw in that equation. That is squarely on the bubble, North Carolina, Florida state, North Carolina. Do you think we're going to see the Tar Heels favored in this particular game? And then Louisville Duke, After what I saw from Louisville last week against Carolina, I have Duke circled. It might be a little too square. It might be a little too public. Am I crazy to say that Duke is going to end up being a five, five five-and-a-half point favorite in that game? 
I think it could, yeah. I don't think it's that big of a stretch. Let's see if David Johnson, Louisville's two-guard, ends up playing. He's kind of the key to this Louisville team, especially defensively tomorrow against Duke. If he plays, Chris Mack, the head coach of Louisville, said it wasn't COVID-related. But if he goes, I think Louisville's able to slow down Matthew Hurt a little bit, uh, Duke's best player during this run with their best floor spacer, can rebound the ball too, stretch big. So David Johnson is kind of the key for Louisville tomorrow. If he goes, I'll probably back the Cardinals. I think they match up well, especially with Malik Williams back, even though Duke is firing on all cylinders offensively. Florida State and UNC, I don't think UNC is going to be favored in this game after what we saw earlier in the week with Marquette winning the game outright in Chapel Hill. But I do think UNC could win this game. And if you're going to get one or two points at home uh, against the Florida State team that is really athletic, that three-point percentage is going to dip at some point. They're shooting around 41-42% in conference play. And UNC has the size to match up against Florida State's athleticism. We've seen this the last two or three times these two teams have matched up when Roy Williams has his guys going uh, with Baycott and the rest of this crew up front for UNC. So I'll probably back Louisville if Johnson goes tomorrow against Duke, and I'll probably be on UNC as well. You must have loved every damn second last night of the Wolverines just spanking your Hawkeyes because you uh, have all that Fran McCaffrey love. What What's the gap now? Oh, yeah. Gonzaga, Baylor, they're tier one. Then we go down to everyone else. I mean, Michigan's as hot as anyone. What's the gap between Baylor and Michigan? I don't, yeah, I don't think it's that big. Um, I think Michigan is is right there with them. And the Big 12, well, the Big 10 is the best conference in college basketball because you think about title contenders, Michigan and Illinois are both up there. True title contenders in the Big 12 in comparison to those two teams. It's Baylor and then there's a gap. Like if you want to combine the two conferences, it's probably Baylor 1A, Michigan 1B, then Illinois, and then maybe you want to throw in a West Virginia and Texas, but there's still a bigger gap between Illinois and a West Virginia or a Texas, even though the Mountaineers might've played themselves into a two seed after what happened yesterday with Iowa. But yeah, man, that was an impressive win. Iowa had some key injuries in that game. Nunji went down one of their stretch bigs, Connor McCaffrey, a good two guard. See, you, you, you say I have all this Iowa spite and yes, yeah. I do, but <laughs> I was, I was kind of rooting for Iowa yesterday because I don't, I don't want to take Indiana tomorrow. That's a game we should uh, talk about too, Indiana and Michigan. But after Michigan blew the doors off Iowa, and Indiana's got smoked against Rutgers on the road on Wednesday. You know, I might have to plug my nose and back the Hoosiers, even though they might have quit on Archie Miller. Well, well go what ahead do you think that line's going to be, Eli? Michigan, Indiana. What do you think? Michigan's favored by eight, eight and a half points? Yeah, eight, nine points. And just like... It's 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 hard to even call it a must win because I don't think Indiana's going to make the tournament unless they win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament, which I don't think is likely. But man, if I mean if there's a spot to fade Michigan, which is so hard to do Ooh. right now because they're so good defensively, it's going to be it's on my radar. I'll put it that way. It's on my radar. All right, how about on uh, on Saturday? One of the early games got a couple uh, ranked teams in the Big Twelve going at it. Texas and Texas Tech. Do you have a play there? I don't have a play yet. This is a, a confusing game because Texas in a must-win spot just in terms of getting back on track against Kansas, against a good team. They had beaten K-State and TCU before the, the West Virginia loss, blowing the 19-point lead uh, uh, last Saturday. But I was curious how Texas was going to come out in that game after they had the whole uh, ripped on the sidelines with Ramey and Andrew Jones. And they came out, they came back from a 14 point deficit against Kansas and won the game outright in overtime, probably could have won the game 
and regulation too. Texas Tech, though, on the other hand, they're kind of reeling right now. And it's it's weird to say because you would think a Chris Beard team would peak closer to March, even though they don't have the defensive pieces they've had in, in years past when they made the title game and they made the Elite Eight two, three years ago. But they've lost three straight, West Virginia, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. And those are all three good opponents, but you got to get back on track of your Texas tech. This is a, a must win game to stay on that in that five, six area for the NCAA tournament because they've slid over the last week or so, but matchup wise, Texas tech kind of, or Texas kind of matches up well against the red Raiders, especially with the perimeter offense. Texas tech is one of the worst three point shooting defenses in the big 12, arguably the worst, and it hasn't gotten any better. They have a no middle defense. So they, they pack you in and they force opponents to shoot threes and they don't have the athletic guards that could switch one through five and bigs that could switch one through five, unlike in years past. So I really want to take Texas Tech probably as a maybe a one point home dog or maybe it closes around a pick if money comes in on the Red Raiders. But it's tough because of the matchup. OK, Eli, we got a loser leaves town game, I think, in the ACC involving my alma mater, Syracuse taking on Georgia Tech. Both are on the outside looking in when we're talking about the NCAA tournament, but both have an opportunity maybe to play their way in. I see Syracuse has Tech, Carolina Clemson, Georgia Tech with a win. All of a sudden, they generate more momentum. Tech will be favored in this game. I expect they will be pounded from a public standpoint. What are we thinking? Georgia Tech favored by two and a half, three in this game. Is that fair to say? Do you see? Okay, so so Kemp Palm has this line of five. So I'm assuming you're wow. going to fire on cues. I was a little, Ooh. I was a little off there. I think I was selling Georgia Tech a little short. Then that line will be higher. Then if Kemp Palm has it at five, that line's going to be higher than three. Right. It is kind of. I mean, I don't want to call this the a buy low sell high spot necessarily because I mean, cues won three straight before losing to Duke on the road, getting getting blown out. I mean, NC state, NC state upset Virginia earlier in the week, notable there, uh, BC and then Notre Dame coming back from that, what 20 point deficit. And the market was kind of giving them too much credit after, after that going into the Duke game. I, I kind of like Hughes getting five points on the road. Georgia tech though is playing pretty good basketball. I, like of these two teams, if you're at, if you were to ask me which one can get in and which one can make more noise in the NCAA tournament, it's, it's probably Georgia Tech, and that isn't recency bias. Yeah, uh, you have Alvarado in the backcourt with DeVoe. Those guys can both stretch the floor. Uh, Moses Wright, one of the better uh, stretch fives in college basketball. They're really athletic, and they can get on a run. I don't like Josh Pastner as a coach, kind of on the same level as Fran McCaffrey for me. But, yeah, it's tough to back cues against uh, a Georgia Tech team that's playing pretty good. Discussing this weekend's college basketball card with Eli Herskovich. This is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Eli, let's stay in the ACC. Uh, what's your outlook for Miami and Clemson on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I think we're going to get some good value on the Canes. So this is one of my first official plays. Um, unlike Ross Tucker, I only give out official plays on wow. the show. I heard him calling me out like five or six times yesterday. Like, it so. was ridiculous. Nice. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> no, JJ, you don't understand the true hatred between Ross and I. No, but, but I like I like a little tension. I like a little oil and water mixing. You gotta understand that, Eli. It's he, he, he works at WFAN, man. That's part of his that's daily true. life. <laughs> that's that's definitely true. Yeah. Ross and I truly hate each other. But on to Miami and Clemson. Uh Miami's lost four straight. I mean, they they played really poorly. They lost uh, eight of their last nine games, but you're gonna get around 13 points. Chris likes is not going to play in this game. We keep seeing reports of the last month of the Miami point guard. Miami could have made noise this year if he was healthy and the rest of their guys were consistently healthy this season. But 
Um, he, he hasn't come back over in ACC play. So it's been unfortunate from a, a optimism standpoint for the Hurricanes in terms of making a run. But they still have Isaiah Wong. Uh, Beverly and Walker can both score. Uh, Clemson's defense is still playing at a high-ish level. Um, but I think getting 13 points, this is more of a numbers play for me in this game. I think it's I think it's just a, a buy low point in Miami season where the market's just rating them too low going into this game. And you're getting, what, like four or five, potentially five possessions of uh, value with the Canes. Eli, Baylor, take it on Kansas. We know Baylor is in that elite category. Um, that said, are they right for the picking here in this spot? Yeah, I, I see. I know where you're going with this, JJ. I know you're going to be at Kansas. It's just the way you uh, <laughs> broke that down. I'll well, be, I mean, I have to see the line, to be honest with you, Eli, to tell you point blank if I'm going to be on Kansas. If I see Baylor favored by a crazy amount of points and the line's moving with them, uh, that might be tough to stomach. But I want to bet Kansas tomorrow. 100% I want to bet Kansas. What do you think the line is on Kempom? I have not seen it. So this is just a random JJ uh, prediction, if you will. I'm going to say Baylor is favored by four and a half points. It's close. Kempa makes it six. Okay. So you're getting. Okay. I thought maybe Kansas get a little bit more. Well, Kempa's pure numbers. That's the thing. Like I'm thinking about it from like a handicapping standpoint. Feel like Kansas might get a little more respect just because they're Kansas. You know. Yeah, and they're playing well defensively. We we touched on this game last last uh, last week on the Friday show when you were in JJ with Kansas and Texas Tech. Yes. Kansas had beaten the likes of like Iowa state twice and Kansas state, but they still look better defensively and they beat Texas tech. Uh, and it was because of their defense last Saturday did the same thing against Texas, even though they lost that game on Tuesday, their, their defense still played really well. That was a defensive dog fight down in uh, Austin. So yeah, I think Kansas matches up kind of well uh, against Baylor, just from a size standpoint, David McCormick got in foul trouble in that Texas game. So that kind of hampered uh, Kansas in, in the latter part of the first half and in the second half. But uh, I think they match up well against a Baylor team that's a little undersized. If McCormick has it going and doesn't get in foul trouble, Kansas's offense with, with a stretch five offense, with a five-out offense when McCormick is on the bench, is playing really well. And Baylor's still coming off that COVID layoff. Maybe a look at Spock going back to that Iowa State game earlier in the week. Also a mix of COVID, of course, where you know your legs aren't underneath you in the first half or the second half. But all things considered, Two possessions for Kansas at home uh, against a Baylor team that's still trying to find their rhythm uh, after three weeks off. I think there's some value there. Eli, Illinois still has a shot at getting a number one seed despite losing to Sparty earlier in the week. Take care of Nebraska last night. Rest of the way, all ranked teams. Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State. What do you think about the Illini and Badgers on Saturday? If I would assume new plays, we can't even bet this game. I know you hate when I say that, Joe, but it's just I'm making the point. We can't bet we the game. It. We can't bet the game at Illinois, but not, uh, not all the listeners are from here. Right. I, I, yeah, I would, I would lean towards, I would lean, I kind of like Wisconsin in this game, to be honest. And I, I've had some bad times back in the Badgers, just going back to that Iowa game last week. I mean, they're only, I mean, they beat Nebraska and Northwestern in their last four games, Penn state, they've lost to Illinois, Michigan and Iowa. So no real competition there, but if Illinois gets to Sumu back, uh, we'll see if he has the mask on. I think, uh, I think this is going to be a competitive game, but we're probably going to get around a possession where there's some value with Wisconsin. All right, Eli, stay right there. There's six more games that Eli wants to discuss. He has more plays for you for this weekend in college hoops. It's Joe O and JJ. This is BetQL Daily, and you're locked into the BetQL Audio Network. 
It's either Cabello getting downhill or Kofi at the paint. One of the two here. Cabello. Up top. Wow. What a feed. Cabello to Kofi. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Yeah, because you can tell uh, Jake Hassan is the board op once again here on BetQL Daily, a big Illini guy. This is the BetQL Audio Network. Joe Ostrowski, John Jastrzemski here, and uh, so is Eli Herskovich, our executive producer. He's uh, He hosts co-hosts uh, BetQLU twice a week, including Saturdays, an hour before all the games tip off on a Periscope. Uh, you can find that on Twitter at BetQL app. Uh, the link is right there. So an hour before all the games get going, make sure you get up to speed with all these Saturday games uh, with Eli and Tom Pasali breaking them down. Uh, Eli, we've got a bunch of games you want to rifle through for this weekend, but I did notice I don't see the Crimson Tide, man. Are, are you over what happened the other night getting <laughs> crushed by Arkansas? They're three and four in their last seven. Yeah. I know they're still slated to get a two seed, but I'm not feeling great about our future heading into the tournament. Neither am I. I was talking, I was talking with uh, somebody before the show from Beck UL Reed Wallach and talking about Michigan state, which we mentioned in the, the last segment, Michigan State seems like a 10 seed that could win a couple games, maybe maybe one, but depending on the matchup, I feel like that's just a prime time spot for Alabama to go down if they get there, do end up with that two seed still. Mm. Uh, maybe they lose outright to Mississippi State this Saturday, which maybe they fall back to a three. But yeah, this is uh, it, this is a, a variance-heavy team just in terms of their three-point shooting. And if they get hot, they could still make a run. Jordan Bruder took some ill-advised shots in the second half of that Arkansas game. Listen, Arkansas is playing really well. I just think from what we've seen full body of work with the SEC, it's tough to be really optimistic about Alabama just based off of the full body of work for the entire conference. Eli, you were mentioning a few minutes ago about Kentucky and the potential for them making a run in the SEC tournament. Um, They're hosting Florida Saturday, 4 o'clock game, nationally televised CBS. Um, are we looking at Kentucky favorite here in this spot? I think we are, right? Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be by much. And not that the Kempom line is always accurate, but it's what we have to go off of right now. Uh, Kentucky's about a one-point favorite at home. And I think you're going to get a little value with Kentucky at that point. Right, because you were talking about it, JJ. Like, Kentucky should be favored, but by how much? Florida went on the road at Auburn, crushed Auburn by 17, but that was without... Auburn's point guard and Sharif Cooper. So the market might overreact to that win for Florida and the, the scoring margin in that win and reflected in the line where we're going to get maybe uh, just a point favorite for, for Kentucky, where there's some value with the Wildcats. I think Kentucky's starting to hit their stride, especially with their bigs. They've been off since last Saturday too, when they played their best game of the season at Tennessee, that's an inconsistent Tennessee team, but nonetheless that, I mean, they're playing the best basketball winning three straight and Kentucky can muscle this team on the glass. They can out-rebound Florida, and they could pound this team down low, too. If you look at a size advantage, Kentucky is a clear-cut size advantage. They won this game at Florida, so maybe a, a revenge spot for the Gators. That was Keon Brooks's first game back for Kentucky. But I, I from a size standpoint and just from a, a market standpoint right now, I think you're going to get some value on the Cats. Eli, what about the Razorbacks coming off the big win the other day? And uh, now they go to Miss State on Saturday. Do you have a play? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Or LSU, you're talking about Arkansas. LSU is at Arkansas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was right. looking at the wrong thing. Alabama at Mississippi State. So, yeah, definitely just off of that Wednesday game. Um, yes. I'm, I might play LSU, depending on what the line is. It's sitting at around four on, on Kempom, so we'll see what it comes off. Now, I feel like Kempom should give us some money. We've mentioned him, like, huh. 20 times in the last uh, well, 20 minutes. It's the game in town right now, Eli. Listen, I know yeah. the stack geeks love it, but at the same time, if you're looking for college basketball odds for Saturday – where else do you find them? Ken Palm's yep. the only game in town. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, so I think if, if LSU is getting at a, around maybe four or five points, just if the market overreacts, not overreacts, but inflates the line a little bit towards Arkansas because Arkansas had that big second half against Alabama on Wednesday. I will say, the like just in terms of the full body work for the SEC, like I mentioned, with Alabama, it's tough to give Arkansas too much credit long-term. Like I know Tom Casale invested in a – uh, Arkansas future. I'm going to give him a lot of crap tomorrow on the show because he's invested in like, like four or five futures. Joe, you know, this. just the Houston one and then the Missouri one. And he doesn't talk about it at all. So I'm going to give him uh, some crap tomorrow. I, I bet QLU. So I'm not super bullish on Arkansas long-term uh, in this game, the matchup ball against LSU. It's also a revenge spot for the hogs. Uh, they lost that game at LSU by double digits. And it really wasn't even that close. They were down by 20 plus points in the second half and came back to make it kind of respectable uh, within the final margin. But uh, LSU does not match up well against this sort of a team. And Arkansas is playing really good defensively, especially with Justin Smith back in the lineup. So maybe if it's five or six and the market goes north on Arkansas, boost it up, maybe a couple points from the opener, I'll bet on LSU. But we saw it against Georgia. I mean, as, as much as people want to be bullish on, on LSU, this team still just can't defend. Eli, from a Pac-12 standpoint, what a win yesterday for Colorado. Smoking USC the way that they did. Oregon survives against Stanford. What a terrible loss for Stanford. Had a six-point lead in the second half. Needed that game considering where they're at as far as the NCAA tournament bubble. Where are you looking in the Pac-12 for value? I still think it's Oregon. USC has been impressive, though. I mean, I had Oregon the other night. That game was over. Just like Syracuse and Duke was over. Five minutes in, that's the way you felt with USC and Oregon. Where are you looking right now for value out of the Pac-12? No, it's a good point. Let's take a look at the Pac-12 tournament odds. Uh, USC is plus 150. Didn't have Mobley yesterday in that Colorado uh, win, like you mentioned. Uh, UCLA plus 250, so the second shortest odds. Oregon and Colorado are tied for the third shortest at plus 350. They split their season series. And then it's Stanford. So just taking a step back to last night, Stanford, by the way, 14 to 1. Looking at the odds and just from a market standpoint on the way that game was being priced on the opener, Oregon opened as around a one-point dog, uh, then a pick early yesterday morning. And I grabbed the pick just looking, again, from a matchup standpoint, I like the way Oregon matched up. And then it didn't it didn't hurt that Oscar De Silva missed the game for Stanford. But just from a Pac-12 market standpoint, I mean, Oregon's priced way higher in the futures market to win the Pac-12 tournament, which I think they could still make a run. And while people were saying yesterday that Oregon's offense looked a little out of sync, they also were playing their fifth game in 11 days. And just looking at the Saturday card, you got Colorado, UCLA. Oregon's taking on Cal, though. And Oregon on Ken Palm is around an eight-point favorite. 
Cal is not playing great basketball, but they do have that win over Colorado a couple Saturdays ago. From a market standpoint, I think you're going to get some value with Cal at around seven or eight points for an Oregon team that is just um, gassed right now. After what we saw last night, this will be their sixth game in 13 days. So that's I mean, six games in two weeks is a lot. And I'll probably be back in Cal just off that notion and from a market standpoint. Did you have something on Louisville Duke? Yeah, we we touched on that a little earlier. I'll yeah. be probably be back in Louisville uh, if David Johnson plays. Malik Williams is back for the for the Cardinals, which is big. I don't know if you guys saw this last week, uh, Chris. There was a video that leaked after Louisville got blown out at UNC, where Chris Mack was in a bar, like unmasked, and you know, we could have you go either way. You know, with the way people think politically right now, but that's not the point. He was just going off about John Calipari, and it was a really weird video. Uh, that surfaced last week for Louisville. And, you know, I don't think that affected them too much. But just looking at this Duke game, if David Johnson plays for Louisville, I'll probably be on uh, the Cardinals. But if not, I'll be staying away. Um, How about the game Sunday? Bubble teams in the Big Ten. You had Maryland taking on Sparta. Eli, are you now buying this Sparta renaissance? Or you think they're totally overvalued potentially going into Sunday? Well, the Kempom line is five for Maryland, which I think is ridiculous. If you if you think about, yes, Maryland is playing good basketball and they're defending at a much higher level, but they've beaten Rutgers, they've beaten Nebraska twice, and they've beaten Minnesota during this four-game winning streak. Yes, they're a tournament team, but should they be favored by five, two no possessions? Shot. Right. No shot. And I'll tell you this, Eli, they won't be. There is no way in the world Maryland ends up being favored by five in that game. That line will come down. Because people will hop on Michigan State after Thursday, 100%. People will back Michigan yep. State. Yep. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a public team versus Maryland, still a Big Ten team, decently prominent Big Ten team over the last five years. But like you mentioned, Michigan State is, has won back-to-back huge games over Illinois and Ohio State. So, yeah, I'll I'll probably back Sparty if they're getting maybe two and a half, three, or even two, getting around a possession at Maryland. Again, this is a little bit of a fraudulent Maryland team just based off of uh, of who they played of late. And you look at, look at this game from a matchup standpoint, no real matchup advantage on either side of the floor. But just the way Michigan State is defending, yes, they can go into some lulls offensively. We saw that when Ohio State was up seven or nine, and it looked like the Buckeyes were going to start to run away with the game last night and win by double digits. But Aaron Henry came up big down the stretch. They're bigs. Michigan State's bigs are playing really well, especially Gabe Brown at both ends of the floor. So if we're getting the possession with Sparty on the road, I'll probably back Michigan State. Eli, we hit on a couple uh, Big 12 games, Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, Kansas in primetime. But uh, I know you've got some quick hitters on a couple other matchups. K-State at West Virginia and Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to get some value with K-State. And I can't believe I'm going to fade my Mountaineers in back-to-back games. I did it with TCU, lost that one by a point. Uh, West Virginia was up by around double digits, so had a shot of the back door, but didn't work out. But 17 points at home, I still think the market is a little too high on West Virginia just in terms of some of these uh, lower-tier Big 12 games and uh, lower-tier Big 12 teams. Kansas State did upset Oklahoma early in the week. It's it's all about if K-State can hit threes. They did it against Oklahoma, but they're one of the most uh, they're one of the most struggling teams from three in Big 12 play and overall in college basketball this year. And that's how you could beat West Virginia. They they run sort of that matchup zone that showed up against TCU earlier in the week. It showed up against Texas in that 19-point comeback. But if we can get 16 or 17 points 
for K State. I'll I'll take the the big dog. Eli, real quick, ten seconds or less. You prone to bet or fade more of these bubble teams as we go down the stretch this year? Probably back. Um, I mean, Michigan State is kind of a prime example, right? Yesterday against uh, an Ohio State team that I guess is in the title conversation, maybe the Final Four conversation is a better way to put it, but desperation with a coach that has started to figure it out. See, these teams never got that latter part of the non-conference portion of their schedule because they were on COVID layoff or the the type of uh, 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 part of their schedule where they can start to develop offensively and defensively. And we're starting to see that with Michigan State, just as an example, like Tom Izzo has figured out his best lineup and it showed up yesterday and it showed up against Illinois earlier, earlier in the week. So I, I guess back, um, but if you're talking about Syracuse, then hell no. Fair All right, Eli, I love uh, you talking smack as a parting gift, by the way. Well, <laughs> well I try, I try. Tell us quickly, where do we find BeckQLU podcast on Saturday? Twitter at BeckQL app and on Facebook, just search BeckQL. All right, that's Eli Herskovich. Coming up next, we'll tell you how to bet the UFC this weekend with an expert from Circus Sports. You're locked into the BeckQL Audio Network.